So just before we finish up today's show, I want to let you know about my next group program, my health kickstart and detox. The best way to start diving into your health, if this is what you're doing and my podcast is motivating you to get started, is to start looking at nutrition, the right way to eat for your body and understanding that, as well as digestion, because you are what you absorb and not just what you eat. And so I teach how to ensure your digestive system is even turned on so that you can benefit from the food that you're putting into your body, as well as sugar. Where is it sneaking into your diet, even when you're trying to be careful? Unfortunately, it's in everything these days, and so it does tend to sneak in. So I combine all of this learning in a group program for support for you, along with setting you up for success on your detox program providing recipes and meal plans, et cetera, so that you can truly enjoy the benefits of getting those toxins out. I've never had someone get to the end of my program and go, gee, I wish I didn't do that. Instead, I get to hear all of their amazing success stories like, wow, my I have such mental clarity now. My aches and pains are gone. I'm sleeping better. My bloating and gas and indigestion is gone. So I love hearing that. It motivates me to keep sharing with others because I truly do believe when we get the toxins out, when we create a body that is inhospitable to disease and we make it a lifestyle, that we can get rid of the chronic illness that we have in our world today. So click the show notes to learn more about the program. The link is there. And if you have any questions, book a call with me so we can chat and figure out, is this the right program for you? I look forward to hearing from you. Imagine getting up every day full of energy as if you were in your 20s again. What would that be like? What would that be worth to you? What is your health worth to you? Think about it. Your health isn't everything, but without it, everything else is nothing. And yet too many of us are taking it for granted until something goes wrong. No one wakes up hoping to be diagnosed with a disease or chronic illness. And yet we've never been taught how to be proactive in our health through our school system or public health. As a registered health coach and integrative health practitioner, I believe it is time this information is made available to everyone. Combining new knowledge around your health and the ability to do my functional medicine lab tests in the comfort of your own home will allow you to optimize your health for today and all your tomorrows. Don't wait for your wake up call. Welcome back to another episode of the Don't Wait for Your Wake Up Call podcast. I am your host, Melissa Dealey, and this month I'm focusing on the theme of inspiration. And I'm super excited to actually be bringing you three amazing guest interviews this month because there's five Saturdays in the month of April 2022 from three amazing women who have suffered near-death experiences, health issues, been told they'd never walk again, and then they do. You know, each of those stories is a very different story, but so inspirational in and of itself. And so I hope you love these episodes, but that left me kind of stalling on creating my own solo episodes, wondering what do I talk about in regards to inspiration? How do I that, how do I tie that back to health? 
And so I started by looking up the definition. And the definition of inspiration is the process of being mentally stimulated to do or feel something, especially to do something creative or a sudden, brilliant, creative, or timely idea. And then I started Googling sources of inspiration. And from there, I became inspired to share with you 10 sources of inspiration over my next two episodes and share with you how each of them has inspired me in my life. And I just love that I was stalling. I didn't really know what I was going to do with these two episodes to tie it in with the theme, but also tie it back to health education, which is what this podcast is all about. And in just starting to do a little bit of research and looking for some ideas, I got totally inspired. So I hope you love this uh, episode. I hope that as you listen, it brings you inspiration as well. Because you see, whether you are inspired by another individual or something within your own person, inspiration is the motivator within life. It is the catalyst for keeping you moving forward. And more than that, when you're feeling inspired, there is hope, there is joy, there is belief that you can do something. It feels exciting. It feels new and good. And when we are in this state, we are moved away from fear and anger and all the negative emotions that can weigh heavy and bog us down and literally cause disease in our body over time. Therefore, being in a state of feeling inspired leads you to a healthier frame of mind and healthy physical body as you raise your vibration and soar. So let's dive in. Uh, and as I go through this list, think about how these uh, these um, 10 different inspiration or way, sources of inspiration might inspire you in your life. And I hope by the end of this podcast that your energy vibration has been lifted by you thinking about this as you hear me explain how each of these sources of inspiration has impacted me in my life. So the first source of inspiration on the list that I found was the sunrise, something that happens each and every single day. And we don't necessarily see it. In fact, very rarely do most of us get to see the sunrise because especially in the summer months, and if you're living up north, it's happening in the wee hours of the morning and we are still asleep. But last October, I went camping with my oldest daughter backcountry camping, something that we've started doing together since the pandemic, and that we've really come to enjoy. We love being in nature. It gets us off devices and just gets us to spend time together, creating memories and being in nature, which just lets the stress drip right off your body, right? And we had looked up before we left, because of course there's no Wi-Fi, there's no devices, etc what time the sunrise was going to be. This was very early October. And we decided to get up and watch the sunrise. And so we got up at 5 a.m. and it was still chilly. And we found an empty uh, empty platform that someone hadn't used in the campsite the night before. And we took our chairs and we took our sleeping bags and we sat in the chairs, snug in our sleeping bags. And we just watched the light move across the sky. 
as the sun got higher and higher in the sky and all of the shades and the changes of the color in the sky during the 45 minutes that it took for the sun to fully come up over the mountains, the oranges and pinks and yellows. And every sunrise is different. And it was just so beautiful to have that quiet time in the morning. We weren't even talking, just sitting there, being together, mesmerized by the beauty of nature, something that I'm always in awe of. And so that is definitely a source of inspiration, an opportunity to be grateful for each new day that you get to wake up to. And as you're watching that and letting your mind wander, it's almost meditative. That's when creative ideas can be coming to you as well. So source number two is past achievements. And when we look back at what we've accomplished, then that can be an inspiration for what we might have ahead of us. And that can be incredibly powerful as well. And some, a story that I shared recently in my coaching group was the absolute belief that I could do something, that it would happen. And there was never a doubt. And when we believe in something that deeply to the core, then we can always accomplish it, right? And so it was a great reminder for me because as an entrepreneur in business, you've got your ups, you've got your downs. You're trying not to listen to all those voices in your head that are telling you that you're not good enough or you're not going to be able to achieve the goals that you've set for yourself this year, et cetera, et cetera. And standing above all of that and keeping going can be difficult. But when we truly tap into what we're doing it, why we're doing it, and we know that to the depths of our core, we still show up every single day and put one foot in front of the other. And so that story happened almost 30 years ago now. I was actually hired to translate at the Canadian Embassy in Japan at an event for BC Pavilion Corporation as a simultaneous translator. Now, I was raised in Japan and I speak Japanese, but I had never done simultaneous translation before. And so it was very nerve wracking to say yes, that I would do that. But there was a piece of me that knew that this was my opportunity to achieve something else. And what I wanted to achieve was landed immigrancy and the opportunity to get to continue to live in Canada. And I knew at this event, there would be many government officials there. And that if I went, I would have the opportunity to meet them. And surely if I met them, I would meet somebody that could help me in my desire to get my landed immigrant status. I'd already tried through your normal channels of filling out the paperwork and the application, et cetera. And that, this was all before the days of the internet and been rejected twice because I didn't have a high enough point score. And a big part of that was the fact that my age, I think I was 22 at the time. And so I didn't have enough work experience, et cetera, et cetera. And I'd heard that if you apply three times and get rejected, then you're never going to get your landed immigrant status. So I didn't want to try a third time. I had to do something differently. So I agreed to go and be a simultaneous translator at this event in Japan. And when I was there, I did meet many government officials from both the um, federal government and the BC government. And 
was sharing with all of them my story about how I do speak Japanese. I do want to stay and work in Canada. I'm not taking another Canadian's job. I can use my Japanese. I'm in Whistler, British Columbia. At the time, it was the heyday of Japanese tourists coming. They needed more people that spoke Japanese. And what did I need to be doing in order to stay? And I got all of their business cards. And on one of the final days that I was in Tokyo, I was in my hotel and I had gone to the elevator and I, for some reason, I think I was on the third floor and I was standing there by myself. And the next thing I knew was the premier of our province, Premier Harcourt, came up and was waiting for the elevator too. And he was by himself. And in my head, I just thought, this is who I need to speak to. And this is my opportunity. And Literally between the third floor and the lobby, I told him my story of wanting to stay in Canada, speaking Japanese, wanting not taking a Canadian job, Canadian's job, you know, the need for more Japanese translators in Whistler. And we got to the lobby level and he said, my grandfather emigrated from Australia, too. And uh, he gave me his business card and he said, write to me when you get back. And so I did. When I returned, I wrote to every single one of those people that I had met and had all their cards. And when I say wrote, it was like on a typewriter back then too, right? No computers. So typing out individual letters to all of these people, mailing them off. And one day in the mail, I received a letter back from Premier Harcourt. And in the letter he wrote, I can't get involved in your case. However, you need to contact this phone number in order to apply to become a landed immigrant. And I did, I called that number immediately. And it was the first time I ever got a human being on the other end of the phone, instead of just getting lost in, you know, press one for this and two for that and three for that and never ever getting to talk to a person. And when I got to talk to that person, She explained the process for me as to what I could do in order to become a landed immigrant. And I was literally a landed immigrant within three months of that phone call. I had to go back to Australia to do my fingerprinting and an interview at the Canadian consulate in Australia. But I was able to do everything else from Canada. And that was my final steps. And I became a Canadian uh, or a landed immigrant of Canada. And Years later, when Australia allowed dual citizenship, I was able to become a Canadian citizen because, of course, I've lived here for 32 plus years now. And that was just one of those pivotal moments where I knew to the depths of my core that if I took these steps, even though it was terrifying to be hired to be a simultaneous translator, something that I'd never done before, but I had to put myself in that situation in order to meet the people that could help me get the goal and the dream that I had of becoming a landed immigrant. And it worked. And I hadn't done any personal growth work at that time or anything. I just knew I was following my intuition. Something was telling me that I had to do that. And I was able to do the simultaneous translation. It wasn't as scary in the end as what, of course, our mind always makes things out to be worse than they are. and. I achieved the goal that I wanted. And so I go back to that story time and time again to remind myself 
when things feel hard or when I'm afraid of moving forward with something, etc., to dig deep and to believe in my core in what I'm doing, that I can do it because I've done it before and I know I can. And I did meet other people after that on an ongoing basis of, you know, other Australians that said, oh yeah, I'd like to stay here too. I'm trying to apply. And I could always tell the ones that were going to be successful and the ones that weren't. And it was the depth of that desire of how much they truly wanted it. Because if you don't want it enough, you're not going to stick with it, right? So looking back at past achievements can be really inspirational when you might be feeling down on yourself, not believing in yourself. You can also look at um, achievements in sports too. What have you done in sports that can inspire you moving forward? Or looking at what others can do in sports and then using that to help you. I remember when my youngest daughter was about two and I was, you know, trying to teach her to swim and I used to teach swimming lessons and she did not want to jump in from the edge of the pool. And then I took her swimming with one of her little buddies once and her mom and her little buddy was about, I don't know, three months older than her. And she jumped in from the edge of the pool. And then my daughter saw that and something clicked in her brain and went, oh, well, if she can do it, then I can do it. And boom, she started jumping in from the edge of the pool. And how often has that happened in your life? You know, look for someone else that's done something and that's motivated you to be able to do that as well. If you're enjoying my content and someone that wants to step into being proactive in your health and learning more, I would love to invite you to join my membership community. There's a link in the show notes for only $19.99 a month. You get access to all of my content and there's a lot as well as weekly calls that you can come and get your health questions answered. It's truly priceless. I'd love to see you join the community. Check out the link in the show notes. So the third uh, source of inspiration is progress, assessing the progress. When we set big, hairy, audacious goals for ourselves, they can feel scary and impossible. And then we can talk ourselves down from them, right? We have 70,000 conversations with ourselves in our head every day. And a lot of what's being said in our head, it isn't even true. And you know that if you talk that way to another person, that person wouldn't even be your friend. We're so hard on ourselves, right? And we'll talk ourselves down from these big, hairy, audacious goals and believe that we can't do that. We're not good enough. We're not smart enough, whatever it is. But when we actually take that big goal and we break it down into chunks, you take a goal for the year and you break it down into a quarter and then you break that down into monthly and then you break that down into weekly, then you're like, oh, I can do this, right? And it feels so much more doable. And then we can start talking ourselves into what we can do instead of being afraid of this big, hairy goal that sounds so massive. And an example of that, um, it wasn't really set as a goal in the first place, but an example of that was recently my mom, who will be 77 years old this year, she received the highest badge on Fitbit. They now have to make a new badge for her, I think. And it was the pole to pole badge. 
And that means she has walked 12,430 miles since joining Fitbit, basically from pole to pole. And I don't know how long she's had her Fitbit for. I'm guessing it's seven years or less, right? And so she's done all of this walking in her 70s with her dogs. And her response when she got that badge was really interesting because she said to me, you know, if somebody had asked me or suggested that I could walk 12,430 miles or walk from the North Pole to the South Pole, I would have said that's impossible and I would never have believed that I could do it. But simply going out and taking her dogs for a walk every single day and multiple times a day, those are lucky dogs because she's retired. Sometimes they get, you know, four or five walks a day by chipping away at it bit by bit by bit, all of a sudden she earned the highest badge that Fitbit has to offer, the, the pole to pole badge. So when we break our progress down into smaller bite-sized chunks, we can actually continue to be inspired to move forward as we celebrate each of the little successes along the way. Now, the fourth source of inspiration is quotes. And we all know there's many, many, many inspirational quotes that are out there. You can, you know, Google them and pick your favorite people, search for quotes by them, whether it's Maya Angelou, Mother Teresa, Gandhi, Henry Ford, Hippocrates, the list is endless. And have your favorite quote that you go to over and over again to keep reminding yourself of putting one foot in front of the other and being inspired. One of my favorites is Henry Ford's quote of, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. And that's such a great reminder around mindset. If you think you can't, it's not going to happen. If you think you can, now there, you can achieve it, right? I also love the quote, and I don't know who said it, but love the life you live, live the life you love. Life by design. We all have the power to create the life that we love and to live it. So what are your favorite quotes? There's so many wonderful, wonderful quotes out there. In fact, I have a calendar on my desk. It's the You Are a Badass New and Favorite Inspirations. And one of them right in here, when I just randomly picked a page, it happens to be one from February 15th of this year, says success equals your dreams, plus fear, plus doing it anyway, right? So choose your favorite quotes, post them on stickies around the house, on your desk, in the bathroom mirror, on the bedside table, in the car. And every time you read it, let it bring a smile to your face and lift your energy that little bit higher. The fifth source of inspiration is movies or documentaries. And this has been one of the sources of a massive inspiration in my life because years ago, I want to say eight, nine, could even be 10 years ago. With my girl guides, we went to a documentary called Girls Rising. And it was all about girls who wanted an education and were being denied an education in various countries around the world. 
And I sat watching that documentary with tears running down my face because here I am in a first world country where the kids, it's a no brainer. They go to school. All children go to school and they take school for granted. And they even complain about having to go to school, my own two children included. And I'm sure when I was a child, I did the very same thing. And yet here were other girls around the world desperate for the opportunity to go to school and being denied that chance simply because of their gender. And in that moment, I knew I wanted to do something more to support girls getting an education, more girls getting an education. And there was a quote in that movie that if India could just educate 1% more girls, we could, they would grow their GDP by $5.5 billion. And so in that moment, to me, was this very clear answer. It's not easy, but it's simple. We educate the girls and we grow the GDP of countries and we bring third world countries out of poverty. And so if we could focus on the girls, we could break the poverty cycle, one girl, one family, one village at a time. And so when I was let go from my corporate job seven years ago, I knew that I wanted to do something completely different. And whatever I did next had to be more of service to humanity and to the planet. And I didn't know what I was going to be doing work-wise at that point. And I also didn't know how I could support the girls. But I was at a conference a year later that year, when I heard someone say, the speaker said that we are put on this planet for three things, to serve others, to never stop learning, and to find our passion and purpose. And he also said, you don't always have to know the how. The how will show itself to you. And in that moment, I decided I was going to create a way to support more girls getting an education. And I had no idea how to do that, but I knew someone who might. And so I phoned them. They already had nonprofit uh, organizations in Nepal and in Uganda, and they were, they had kindergartens that they had created because so many kids were going through elementary school and coming out illiterate. And it was because they were just getting lost in the overcrowded schools. And this particular area was asking for preschools, actually, in order to start teaching the kids the one, two, threes in their ABCs, so that by the time they got into the elementary school, they had a little bit of a jump start, and then they were much less likely to fall behind. And so because they already had people on the ground, staff, et cetera, they'd already set up nonprofits, I phoned them to ask them, how do I start a nonprofit? And they simply said, why? What do you want to do? And I told them I wanted to support girls in staying in high school longer so they weren't being married off younger and then having babies as teenagers and repeating the poverty cycle of their parents, keeping them in school longer so that they could then get a good job and start to break that poverty cycle. And they loved it and said, let's do it with you. And so from there, Girls Matter was birthed. And we've been funding girls that staying in high school ever since. So I think we launched Girls Matter in 2017, might have been a bit sooner, actually. 
And we've helped, we've had some girls graduate from university. We've had many girls graduate from high school and we're continuing to support girls. And now we're starting to blow it up even more because I have a fairy godmother that's come into my life and contributed money and she's in the crypto world and she's using those funds and the, the um, profits from the crypto world to fund girls and showing me how to do that and introducing what I'm doing to others to blow it up bigger so we can reach even more girls globally, not just in Uganda, as we generate more funds through what's happening in the crypto world today. So that going to that documentary was incredibly inspiring to me and gave me a purpose at a time when I didn't know what I was doing with my career and was still figuring that out. And now I've been able to bring the two of those, you know, marry them more closely together. And these girls continue to inspire me because their passion and their desire to go to school and what the reason they want to go to school is incredibly inspiring. They all want to help their village. They all want to help make their life and the life of their loved ones and their families better. The sixth in, uh, source of inspiration is travel. Now, I've traveled a lot in my life and I feel very, very fortunate to have had the opportunity to do that. Being raised in Japan, coming from Australia, traveling around Southeast Asia, traveling around Europe, Africa, uh, I've seen how different people live in different parts of the world, different cultures, experience different food, different music, different dancing, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And it is so incredibly inspiring. It inspires you to get out of your comfort zone, to simply try new things, try new food, try speaking a new language, try, you know, listening to new music and enjoying it, standing up and dancing and having fun, et cetera, et cetera. Seeing different forms of architecture, just meeting people with, you know, different approaches and styles to life, meeting people who have almost nothing and yet are so happy and are willing to give you a gift. So travel is incredibly inspirational. And not only that, the actual travel, but the planning of the travel. Think about how you feel when you're planning a trip. Again, it's exciting and you're looking forward to it and looking at all the different places you can go, looking at it online, looking at it in brochures. All of that is incredibly inspirational. Number seven, music. So music shifts your energy, motivates you, and I have a list, a playlist on my phone of songs, and I literally call it my energy shifting music. So that if I feel like I'm, you know, kind of feeling down or tired or whatever, that I can play that music and I can turn it up loud and I can sing to my heart's content and raise my vibration and literally shift my energy in that moment. And we all have songs that do that for us. We all have songs that take us back in time. Like I remember the first time I ever heard that song, right? Take us back to different places, etc. And so music is incredibly inspirational. And, you know, in different times, it might be a different type of music that you find inspiring, but enjoy what that music gives you 
And if you are feeling down in the dumps, then turn to that, turn to some music, turn on some great music and shift your energy and be inspired to move into a better space. Poetry. So <clears throat> obviously there's many, many different poets that are out there, so many different types of um, poetry, etc. And it's not something that I've ever really studied. It's not something that I've ever really read per se. So in terms of a source of inspiration for me, I wouldn't put it top of the list, but I do have a favorite poem. And <clears throat> I want to share that poem with you here because this is a poem that I found close to 30 years ago. And I lost my father when I was 13. And somehow I always felt like he was always with me. And I didn't know how to put that into words. And then when I found this poem, I was actually in Granville Island in a little shop. And I read this poem and went, oh my goodness, this poem describes exactly how I feel about my father's, my father's presence being always around me. And so it has become my favorite poem and a poem of inspiration to me. Do not stand at my grave and weep. I am not there. I do not sleep. I am a thousand winds that blow. I am the diamond glints on snow. I am the sunlight on ripened grain. I am the gentle autumn's rain. When you awaken in the morning's hush, I am the swift uplifting rush of quiet birds in circled flight. I am the soft stars that shine at night. Do not stand at my grave and cry. I am not there. I did not die. So for any of you who have lost loved ones, maybe that connects with you. And maybe that gives you a little bit of inspiration that you haven't lost them. They're always with you. Number nine, source of inspiration are our pets. And this was funny to see on the list because I was just talking to someone else about how <clears throat> one of our cats is actually an inspiration to me. It's an annoyance and an inspiration at the same time. So I will choose for it to be an inspiration. You see, his name's Oscar and I work from home and he likes to come upstairs and walk across my desk right in front of my laptop. He'd be doing it right now if I hadn't shut the door and tell me that it's food time or it's almost food time. It's two hours until you need to feed me. Oh, now it's an hour and a half until you need to feed me. Oh, now it's an hour until you need to feed me. And if I don't go and feed him and I just put him down, then he just jumps back up and he does it again. And I pick him up and I put him down because I'm busy working on something and I don't want to feed him right in this minute. And he'll jump back up and he'll do it again. He is incredibly persistent at making sure that I do not forget to feed him. And his persistence in making sure that I don't forget to feed him and me understanding that his persistence is extremely successful because at some point I get fed up and I go and feed him. Generally, his lunchtime is at noon. So I'm pretty close to noon. I tend to feed him, but he is always up here at 1130 at the latest telling me that it's almost noon. And sometimes he'll start earlier. And by 1215, he's like, hey, you're 15 minutes late. But the fact that he comes and I put him down and he jumps back up and I put him down and he jumps back up. That persistence is the same type of persistence that 
I'm applying to my business, right? That sometimes it feels hard. Sometimes it feels like it's a whole lot of work. But at the same time, I love what I do. I love sharing health education. I love inspiring people to take better care of their health, showing them how to do that, because I do truly believe that we can all be empowered in our health. And that if everybody understood the impact of stress and the impact of toxins on their health and knew what they could do about that to lower both, that we wouldn't have the chronic illness that we have in the world today. So these are what I teach on each and every day. And I'm sure many of you have heard me teach on these things been part of my programs. But I continue to show up every day and apply the same level of persistence to building my business because I learn from my pet. I'm inspired by my pet, by our cat, Oscar, who is so persistent in making sure that he gets fed. So I thought you'd enjoy that little uh, funny one that I'm learning from our cat. And then the 10th source of inspiration and last one for this episode is your family, right? I'm a mom, I've raised two kids. And when I look back to thinking about both girls when they were little and learning to walk and watching them fall down and get back up and keep on trying, they believe they can walk because they see us, their parents walking, right? So they have no doubts that they can walk. They don't doubt themselves. They fall down, they get back up, they try again, and eventually they walk. And just about every single child goes through this. You know, some children might, you know, be born and unable to walk, but almost every child learns to walk because they believe they can do it because they see you, their parent and other adults walking and other children walking and running, and they want to do it too. And so they're inspired by the older people in their life. And that's inspiring to me because again, they fall down, but they get back up. And as adults, sometimes we fall down and then we just want to give up. And the testament to your character is not how many times you fall down. It's how many times you get back up. And then the other truly inspirational uh, family member is my grandmother. And many of you have probably heard this story, but my grandmother lived to being 101 years old in her own home, caring for herself, fully cognitively functioning, and died in her sleep. Now, that is what I want for my life. She inspires me to prioritize my health, to do all that I can in order to get to live my life that way instead of what most people unfortunately are doing these days, which is landing on a track of Alzheimer's and dementia. In North America, there were some statistics that Edward Jones put out recently. In North America, the average person spends 10 years dying in a nursing home. 10 years. What if you could get those 10 years back to spend with your loved ones and have quality of life? And you absolutely can when you start to look after your health today, because what you do now matters. You can have Alzheimer's and dementia for 20 to 30 years before it ever gets diagnosed, but you can choose today to understand how stress impacts your body, to understand what toxins are doing to your body and to take the baby steps to learn about nutrition and the right way to eat for your body, to understand the importance of sleep, 
It doesn't have to be difficult and it doesn't have to be a make work project. It can be done in baby steps and learning a little bit. I've been learning for seven years. I'll continue learning. I'll never stop learning because we're still scratching the surface of what we know about the health of our microbiome, the health of our brain, et cetera. But it's my grandmother and understanding her life and how she lived her life that made me have the aha of if I want to get on her path, I need to do things differently. Because I realized I was toxic after all those amazing years growing up in Japan, for which I'm very grateful for. I realized that I was still toxic because it was a big city with manufacturing plants spewing out toxins. And that made me more toxic than my grandmother. And what did I need to do about that? That's when I started learning about toxins and detoxing, et cetera, et cetera, and why I'm such a big advocate for that today. And so she is my inspiration. So as I leave off this episode, I want to ask you who in your family is your inspiration. And I'd love you to send me a note or comment and let me know of these first 10 sources of inspiration, which one did you like the best? I'd love to hear from you. Let me know. Have a great week. And I really look forward to having you join me for my next episode with Tanya Joyce called From Wheels to Heels. And the week after, I'll be back with the next 10 sources of inspiration that I will be sharing with you. Thanks for joining me on this episode. And I appreciate you being uh, listening to the Don't Wait for Your Wake Up Call podcast. Thank you for investing this time with me on the Don't Wait for Your Wake Up Call podcast. I'm so glad you joined in. If you can take two minutes to share this episode with someone you think can benefit and have a positive impact on their life, that would be wonderful. Please leave a review by going to your favorite podcast listening app and let me know what you enjoy or would like to hear more of. It will support me in my effort to bring the possibility of natural healing to a wider audience and help disrupt the sick care system we have today and make human health a global priority. Health is your true wealth.